the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Jets Nation, what's going on? Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen back in studio for the official Jets podcast game preview. Jets Bucks this Sunday, EA. Greens, are you feeling good? Rested? I was going to ask you that. After your mini Yes. The mini buy came in clutch. It was nice to have a full weekend. Yep. Nice to sit down on a Sunday, watch some football with no work. I got to be honest with you. I I did not like a lot of the football I saw early 1 o'clock games. I was missing Jets football. The Dallas-Kansas City game was entertaining, but, hey, it's time for the green and white to get back to work. And they're going on the road. And this week on the Game Preview Podcast, we're joined by former Jets and Bucks tight end Anthony Becht, as well as Rick Stroud, who covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times. EA actually knows Rick Stroud from his time in Tampa Bay. Well, back in 2000, I started my NFL career in the PR department of the Buccaneers. Tony Dungy was the head coach. Uh, Rod Marinelli, defensive line coach. Lovey Smith, defensive backs coach. And future Jets head coach. Herman Edwards was a secondary coach. And did you know that when Herman Edwards went up to New York and took the job here with the Jets, the guy he was replaced by? Mike Tomlin, future head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's all the Tony Dungy tree. But, yes, uh, Rick Stroud has been covering the Buccaneers for a long time, and I got a chance to uh, interact with him on a few occasions as I was just a young buck coming up in Tampa. No (laughs) pun intended there. All right, EA. The Jets, good game last Thursday, week nine against the Bills. Now four and five. All right, outstanding game, 34-21. Win over the Bills. So moving forward to this week, the Jets a little rested with this mini bye, right? What do they need to accomplish off the field in order to win this game on Sunday? I just think you got to keep a similar mindset. I think uh, Todd Bowles has had these guys ready to play for each of the nine contests so far in 2017. Jermaine Curse corrected me on Inside the Jets the other day. Actually corrected Bart Scott, and you can listen to that unofficial Jets podcast as well. He said, you know, I think from the beginning of this season, you know, we've had that type of confidence. Right. Um, the, the first game against Buffalo has been was the first game a lot of us even played with each other. Yep. I, I, when I was talking to a lot of people, I would ask them, like, well, how, how long have you been on the team? And some of them was like, I just got here in March. Right. And so, you know, the more and more people I've asked, I'm like, man, this team is, like, really brand new. Brand new. Yep. And whether they were young or they just got here. So that first – those first two games, we were kind of just figuring out who we were, you know, and just figuring out what's our team identity, what is our standards, and, you know, kind of learning about accountability and sacrifice. And so – but as far as confidence-wise, I don't think there was any lack of it. Right now for the Jets, it's to become a more consistent team. Josh McCown has said, we haven't really played a complete game. We've shown flashes. But for now, the Jets, they just got to be more consistent because you look at their season so far, it's been a season of streaks. You lose two. You win three. You lose three. Now you win one. 
And now you're looking to go on another winning streak. And this is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, Green, that is struggling mightily 2-6. and six, And they will be without a couple of their top performers on Sunday. Jameis Winston shut down with a shoulder injury. And Mike Evans suspended for one game after shoving Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. He got suspended by the NFL. He appealed it. It was upheld. He won't play Sunday. In turn, this is who the Bucs have left. Ryan Fitzpatrick will start for the Buccaneers. Obviously, Jets fans are familiar with him. Deshaun Jackson, the speedy receiver, formerly of the Eagles and the Redskins, first year in Tampa. He slides into the one. Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys, those are the guys in the receiving core. Then you got a pair of tight ends who we'll touch on with Anthony Becton, Cameron Brait, and rookie O.J. Howard. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to give you some opportunities to make some plays on the football. A lot of pre-snap reads from Fitz, um, and he's going to try to get the ball quickly. I don't know if you're going to have an opportunity to get there seven times mm-hmm. because he likes to release that ball quickly. But you, we're talking tight ends, and then also you got to think about Doug Martin because when you look at Tampa, I think there is a mismatch in the Jets' favor, especially up front. Their old line, a little bit banged up against a Jets defensive line that's starting to um, feel itself, so to speak. You know, they are playing with some confidence. I think Muhammad Wilkerson has had his best stretch of the season. Leonard Williams continues to be stout against the run. He got into the sack uh, department as well. And I, I just think that there's a good mojo up front for the Jets, and they have a clear advantage. Mm-hmm against Tampa. If you're a fan of storylines, obviously it has no implication on the games, but this weekend is full of them. You know about Fitzpatrick. Josh McCown going back to Tampa where he spent the 2014 season where, oh, by the way, Austin Safarian Jenkins was drafted. So if you didn't know that they were familiar with each other before this year, check out Jets' flight plan on Sunday because you sat down with ASJ, you sat down with Jimmy Johnson, tight ends coach, and Josh McCown for an in-depth look. So be sure to look for that. Nice well, plug, nice plug. Thank and you. I, I will tell you, this is the third consecutive year that Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh McCown have faced each other in a regular season. Let's dial up our featured guest. Let's bring in Anthony back to wears a number of hats. You actually live in Tampa. The Jets are coming down to face the Buccaneers this week. And you actually are employed by both organizations. Is that true? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's a a good deal because uh, who has more information about two teams that are playing each other than me? So uh, I know these guys thoroughly watch them, study them. And, uh, again, two teams, in my opinion, uh, even though they do uh, they do uh, promote me on both sides, uh, are going in different directions. Why is that happening, Anthony? You know, I tell you, it comes. It's a lot of things. I mean, number one, offensively, you know, when you have a team that's been put together with the star power, uh, uh, you know, really paper star power like the Buccaneers, you have high expectations. Unfortunately, you know, that ship is driven by your quarterback, and I think right now, Jameis Winston. Uh, he's got a little bit of a shoulder thing going on that he's dealing with. But, you know, for me, Eric, you know, when, when, when players are on the field and they're playing and they're injured, if you can't do what you can do and do it to the best of your ability to help the team, then you shouldn't be out there. But if you are on the field, then you've you got to be able to live up and play up to the expectation level to make sure that that team has enough to win on the field. And right now, you know, Jameis, his accuracy right now is an issue. Uh, you know, his ability to you know, throw the ball down the field has not been consistent. 
Deshaun Jackson should have 10 touchdowns this year on deep balls, and we haven't connected one of them yet. So uh, it's been a frustrating deal with this offense. Again, weapons everywhere, a lot of star power, but the production on the field has been minimal, at least from the offensive standpoint. Anthony, you've been saying that the Bucks have not put together a complete performance on offense. What have you seen out of Mike Evans, who's highly regarded as a potential top three receiver in the league right now? No, you're right. I mean, statistically this year, you wouldn't say that. But he's open. You know, he's still winning routes. Uh, last uh, The last couple of years, he's been as dominant as any receiver in the league. It's an excellent matchup. You know, you know, Mike has a lot of advantages on his side. I mean, he's got great length, great speed. Uh, you know, his, his reachable catch radius is, is huge. It's tough for defensive backs. Even, you know, bigger guys like Claiborne, they just have problems with him because you know, he's able to kind of go get footballs where a lot of receivers can't get them. Uh, but unfortunately right now, they, the Buccaneers cannot find ways to get him the football down the field in productive places for him to be a game changer. And, you know, with the accuracy issues in the quarterback situation, that's been tough. But he is as deadly and dangerous as any receiver in the league. He's someone you have to deal with. We just can't find ways to get the ball to him. How do you, how do you prevent – an implosion down there because you know it. You've been part of teams that yeah. have struggled before. There's two ways of going right now. You can either pack up the tents and say, hey, listen, I'm going to do what I do and not worry about the team. Or you guys can come together and they can start playing better football, the kind of football that everybody expected from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before the 2017 season started. You know, you would like to say the latter, that these guys could galvanize together and, and uh, you know, you got so much talent. There's enough talent there that you don't have to be great every week. you just got to be good and execute properly. And they haven't been able to do that. So, uh, you know, listen, this this is a tough matchup. You know, listen, the Jets are, are – they lack the star power. There's no question about it. But they will punch you in the mouth and they will fight you for four quarters. And the more ammo you feed them, as far as telling them they're going to lose every game before the season or they're not good enough or they can't do this or that, the more they respond. And uh, that team is galvanized. And you look at the Buccaneers at 2-6, and six, and then you come off of, you know, the same game where you had some other things. I mean, everybody in the media is talking about a sideline issue and fighting and pushing and shoving outside of the game of football. That's never a good thing for an organization. So... Uh, can they do it? Yeah. Do they have the guys to do it? Absolutely. There's no signs right now that show me that. And unfortunately, with eight games left and a quarterback that's injured, uh, I don't know where you turn right now, but hopefully for the latter, they can turn things around and become a team that can finish strong over the last eight games. Well, I want to talk about the Jets here in just a second, but you've been on Twitter at Anthony Becht saying that Winston's accuracy continues to be a problem. You mentioned it here earlier in the podcast. What about his maturity, Anthony? You know, it's interesting because, you know, the first one in the building, the last one out, the guy that works the hardest, uh, the guy that does everything you want from an organizational standpoint is Jameis Winston. And, you know, with Jameis, he's, he continues to have to prove himself because of the things obviously coming out of college and then, you know, off the field. And he's been A-plus off the field. There's no question about it. He's done everything you could want within the community, support, uh, just very top end. And then, though, here's the thing that rubs me wrong, because I'm a guy that I'm old school, and, and, and I'm always watching actions and 
and, and constantly seeing how players are. And you know in this league, it's a younger league. There's a lot of outside things that can be pulled in as distractions. And you know, when I saw Jameis uh, in the se- on the sideline in the Saints game, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's pointing his finger, and then he goes and he starts poking uh, Lattimore, uh, Lattimore in the back, and I'm thinking, okay, what are you doing? You know, you're out of the game. Uh, you know, you're no longer part of what this team, to, team can do at the present time. And you're coming on the, off the field onto the play field and you're doing those kind of things. And I'm thinking with Tom Brady, with Josh McCown, with Drew Brees, would Marcus Mariota do that and, you know, instigate something silly like that? And it wasn't even a time, guys, even if it was being funny, you're down four touchdowns. Right. I don't think anybody was smiling at that time. So, And then it pulls in Mike Evans. You know, he probably catches the back end when Lattimore pushes him. And he puts a cheap shot in on Lattimore, so it just doesn't look good. But it starts with the quarterback, and you go back to, is he mature? Well, he has. He's shown me, shown me everything in the fact that he's matured as a quarterback. But then you see something like that, and you're thinking, why? Why are you going there? Why are you even attempting to, 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 to put a shot at your personality or all the things you've worked so hard to do over something simple like that that you probably didn't think was a big deal? But we all know the camera's always on you, man. Everybody sees it. Now you're a headline on SportsCenter, and it has nothing to do with your football ability. So it's unfortunate. Hopefully we never see it again, guys. Yeah, and they haven't been able to establish balance. I like Doug Martin as a player, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of holes there for him in the run game. Let's flip to the Jets' side. What do you think about the transformation that you've seen from Austin Safarian Jenkins? Man, I'll tell you, you know, I, I've, been, uh, I've been speaking with him and texting him you know, since he signed up for the Jets, and you know, obviously, I I tried to connect with him as much as I could in camp. I wanted to help this guy. I wanted him to be successful because I saw the potential when he came out of college. And I knew he had some issues that he needs to be guided. And at that point in Austin Safarian Jenkins' life in Tampa, you know, he was saying all the right things to me, but we, he never took the time to embrace the help and listen and get together and understand and learn what it takes to be a pro. And then be quite honest with you, I don't know how much he loved the game when he was in Tampa. For whatever reason that might have been, whether he was young, whether they you know, just didn't like his situation, or whatever it was, and it just never came together. And then obviously he had some ups and downs off the field. Well, those things, obviously, it takes sometimes change in a person to realize what they have. It, it, it unfortunately takes a, a, a poor mistake for them to realize you know, what they have in front of him. And I think he's a perfect example of that. You know, Austin to me, is a, is a guy that, you know, when I talk to him now, different demeanor. Football's important to him. Uh, you know, he's gone to a team where he feels like he's being embraced and utilized and they're winning games. And, you know, he's having some success. And he's got a long road ahead of him. I mean, let's be honest, guys. You know, he's still got to put his footprint down as a guy that could be accountable every week. Uh, you know, if you go out in the field and be a, a tight end that could be dominant at his position. But I think right now what he's doing is he's taping, taking every opportunity he's had so far and, uh, you know, rewarding the Jets, number one, for taking a chance on him and, and giving great play and consistently now showing that he can do it, you know, week in and week out basis. And, you know, listen, it's a, it's a one-year kind of prove-it deal. I mean, you know, there's, there's no long-term – uh, fulfillment with the Jets for him. He has to prove himself every single game to show that he's worthy to stay with them moving forward after this season. So he knows that. You know, he understands that. And, you know, he's just glad that he's got this one opportunity. So, 
I'm hoping that it continues to work out for him. I mean, listen, he's wearing 88, so obviously I got to – there's a tie there. I, they'll just give that number away, right, guys? You know, there's been some fine 88s that's come through that door, and he's got an expectation level to live up to. <laughs> Anthony, back to you on the official Jets podcast. Anthony, knowing both teams as well as you do, what do you think that the Jets' formula for success is this weekend? Well, you know, listen, they got some undersized guys on the edges on defense right now because of the injuries and and lack of guys being able to kind of set the edge. And, and, and that's an issue. I mean, that, that, that's glaring on tape. That's something that, that's not going to be a secret. Um, the secondary has been, a, has been a little bit of an up-and-down story. You know, Brent Grimes has been off and on injured. He's by far our best lockdown corner when he's on the field for a different team in the secondary. But he didn't play last week, and, you know, his status is still up in the air. And even if he is on the field, you know, how healthy is he? So uh, I think, you know, when you look at what this defense brings, it brings a lot of inconsistent play. You know, listen, guys, this was a defense that was built in the offseason that needed all 11 players on the field and healthy that started the season to be good, to be manageable, to be able to do the things he wants to do. Unfortunately, they've had a mixed bag of injuries. It's been off and on. Guys have been in and out, and it hasn't been the way they wanted it and drawn it up. And they've got to kind of sugarcoat and kind of hide and disguise some of their weaknesses. So I'd say the most glaring thing for me is attacking the edges. And, you know, when you talk about the Jets and what they have, you know, Forte probably isn't the premier edge guy, but, you know, Bilal Powell and McGuire, those guys mixed in, a little play action. Really what they've been doing is going to be even probably more effective when you're looking at what the weaknesses are of the Buccaneers. Yeah, the Jets got to feel awfully confident coming into this game, and I think Todd Bowles will continue to take the proper approach of, hey, listen, no time to rest on your laurels just because you beat the Buffalo Bills and you're 4-5. and five. But you're right about the Buccaneers' lack of being successful in setting that edge the Jets just rushed for nearly 200 yards against a Bills team that entered the ball game Thursday night, ranked number three in the National Football League, against yeah. the run. Then you got Josh McCown, who's spreading the ball around to everybody. We mentioned Austin Safarian Jenkins before. Jermaine Curse, Robbie Anderson continues to develop as a receiver. And uh, you really can't focus in on one guy with this Jets offense. That's the beauty of it. Conversely, what do you like best about the Jets defense right now? A lot of folks are talking about those rookie safeties, and yeah. they are playing really well. How about Demario Davis and Darren Lee in the middle? A lot of people thought that middle linebacker uh, spot was suspect for the Jets before the season, but they're coming on. And then Muhammad Wilkerson has had his best three weeks in 2017 back-to-back-to-back here entering the ballgame against Tampa. And the Jets had only 11 sacks entering the game against the Bills, and they come down with seven. Well, I think the trend has been gradually since game one heading up. Uh, Not a lot of peaks and valleys, and that's what you want. And, you you know, again, I was talking to uh, one of the coaches uh, before the game, and the sacks, like, where are they? Early on, you would see Darren Lee kind of, you know, hit the wrong holes, not be in the right gaps. Jamal Adams coming down in the wrong gaps. And then all of a sudden, you know, after the, the Raiders game, when they kind of got hit in the mouth again with the run game, that's when they start, you know, they see what's going on on film, and they're able to, to be better at it and improve. And that's the best thing you love. You, you love to see a guy like Darren Lee can improve his game because he sees it, you know, he acknowledges it. I didn't hit it right. I got blocked here. I got the take there. 
but he wasn't in the right spot. He wasn't doing the, you know, playing with integrity within the defensive top balls is calling. And then all of a sudden, they're in the right spot. Coming into this season, if you were to ask anybody on the Jets that you wanted to see, what would you say? Well, you know, yeah, you'll love to see wins, but you want to see young players progress and get better and show that, you know what, these guys are proving that they can be good and these guys can be And I think the most important thing with this Jets team is, is this. Guys are getting, you guys are putting drives together. So now, not only are you being efficient, but this season was really an eyeball test to see what guys could stick and what guys could do it. And you're seeing, when you get nine, ten-play drives on offense, you're finding out about linemen. You're finding out about young receivers. These guys are getting reps after reps after reps. Well, now you can figure out, okay, are these the pieces that are important to build the Jets moving forward? And I think that's the biggest thing. The reps that guys are getting that are, are important ballot reps, situational reps, fourth quarter reps when the team is in the game, whether you win or lose, you build in every game. So you're finding out so much information about the current roster that that is going to pay huge dividends because if you just look at right across the street with the Giants, you know, they're playing some terrible ball, and you're not able to get anything going. You're getting three hundred you can't know from left tackle or young guys playing well because they're not getting defining plays in a game. That's completely the opposite of what the Jets are getting. So not only are they learning on the run with young players, they're getting meaningful plays and reps that go with them. I think to me that's priceless for organizations that maybe didn't think this season was going to be as good or maybe from the outside looking in. And now all of a sudden, bam, you know, you could potentially be 500 in the thick of things, pushing for a back-end wild-card spot and still getting growth and learning with some of your young players. Greens, this guy's excited. Anthony Beck <laughs> is excited about this Jets team who has an opportunity to go 5-5 five and five this week when they travel down to the Gulf, down there to Tampa against a struggling Buccaneers team. Uh, Anthony Beck wears multiple hats, worked for us uh, during the preseason, still doing some pregame radio on the Jets radio network does a lot down there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization, has a radio show down in Tampa as well. And then, last but not least, you're on Saturday afternoons or Saturday evenings each and every week for ESPN doing color commentary. Last week, you saw Auburn uh, take apart uh, Texas A&M at Kyle Field, but you're all over the country, so who is the Heisman Trophy favorite at this time. <laughs> Is it Baker Mayfield? Oh, man. The Heisman Trophy goes to the best player in the country. Um, man, I tell you, you know, I put a top five out every week. And, you know, to me, you know, the best player, in my opinion, is Saquon Barkley. And, you know, I always look at things always for, look, looking forward also because I like to tie in everything with what are these guys going to do in the NFL? Like, are these guys NFL players? Can they play? And I just think all around, when you're looking at the best player, to me, that's Saquon Barkley at Penn State. He brings so much to the table. That's at Anthony Beck, former Jets tight end, former Buccaneers tight end. He works for both organizations. He's also doing a very good work for ESPN. We're watching him on Saturday afternoons. And I like whoever's doing your little caricatures as well. I'm really, <laughs> I, I, I like all those little graphics. I need a couple people here to help me with some graphics myself. I like those. You know, I love the engagement. I love being on the show, talking to you guys. And, and of course, I'm seeing you uh, every couple weeks uh, up in New York, man. It's always a pleasure. We'll see you Sunday, buddy. All right, man. See you later.
All right, EA, that was great stuff from Anthony Bex, who you said wears many hats, and you could see that he does. He I think he's NFL, college. Listen, Greens. Oh, okay. You have to watch him on Saturdays on ESPN. And you know me, monster college football yep. fan. Anthony has been fantastic, and he did a great job for the organization here after Marty Lyons suffered a stroke doing color commentary on ESPN Radio with Bob Bashusen. He does a lot of work down there in Tampa. He lives down in Tampa with the Buccaneers. And then on college football, I think his analysis has been spot on and he's really grown. And I'm really happy for his success. Now it's time to turn the page because Jets Bucks football this Sunday. This is the first out of four games that they'll be without Jeremy Curley, who was suspended by the NFL earlier this week. He's eligible to return to practice. December 11th will be back against the Saints. So in turn, coach was obviously asked, all right, what's the plan here? And it involves a pair of rookies. Well, yeah, and it's something that I think you're going to write about this week is that uh, Ardarius Stewart and Chad Hansen are going to get more reps. Uh, Curse has said. I always talk to Chad, talking about I need to see his. He went to Cal, so yep. I always give him crap about being another <laughs> Pac-12 uh, team and how we used to smack them all the time. But um, I always tell him, I'm like, man, I want to see your swag back. And, you know, they, they've been doing a, a great job. They've been working on their craft um, each and every day. I've been trying to talk. I've been talking to them make myself available for them any any chance that they need help or anything any questions um so we just look forward to them to just step up i mean it's the next man up and we're going to need them uh in these next couple of games and so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching them play now the catches have not been there uh for hansen and stewart yet but the reps are there, mm -hmm. and that's important to get game reps. So what do you expect from the rookie receivers? Well, just real quick, you mentioned getting reps against the Bills yep. last week. Hanson played 48% of offensive snaps. Stewart played 27%. Something else that, I, that we should keep an eye on on Sunday is who's going to be the punt returner for this team. It was Curley, and then Eli McGuire stepped in in his place. Coach was asked, hey, is it going to be Eli? He said, I don't know yet. Yeah, he's not, he, well, he wasn't ready right. to commit, was he? And, no. And, and another interesting thing is we sit here is he was leaving the options open for the club to possibly sign another receiver or, or promote some, somebody yep. from the practice squad. But you asked me what I expect out of these receivers, and I don't, I'm not quite sure to be honest with you, but I'm excited to see how they play because they've been able to take a backseat throughout the first nine weeks of the season, get implemented here and there. And Coach said a couple weeks ago when he was asked about these guys, he said, listen, they're going to get their shots later on in the season. I don't think he knew about Curley's suspension, no. but, hey, long term, he's true. I mean, it, what he said ended up being true. You'll that they feel bad for, you feel bad for Jeremy Curley. For sure. Um, and he's been a valuable piece to this offense, especially on third down, who's McCown's go-to guy, because early on in the season, third and seven, he was going Curley for eight. Third and six, he's going to Curley for seven. But you are getting valuable reps for a third and fourth round draft picks. How about the Buccaneers this week? Yep. You mentioned off the bat here that no Mike Evans. What does that mean for Deshaun Jackson? I think we should check in with Rick Stroud. All right, Greens, let's bring in Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times. Rick, when I first met you, it was way back in 2000. I was a PR intern for Reggie Roberts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it was Rick Stroud who worked for the St. Pete Times. Yeah, yeah, it was a newspaper ago. Um, new name, same paper, same beat writer, as it turns out. But unfortunately, um, you know, a couple of years after that, they won a Super Bowl, and they uh, 
they've been trying to get back to uh, win a playoff game and really trying to get back to the playoffs, and it's taken them a decade, and it uh, doesn't look like this will be their year. What has been the most pressing issues for a team who a lot of people thought before the season was going to be an NFC South contender, definitely a playoff team or a team that would be in the mix late in the year, and here they are sitting at the midway point scuffling with a 2-6 and six record? Yeah, and you can start with the expectations. I mean, I think there was a lot of hype about this team. Um, you know, a lot of teams that win the off season don't do well. Um, I think, you know, they won nine games a year ago, but had not really gotten into the postseason before. Um, there, there's some, I think, truth. You'll never be able to measure this, that maybe they got over their skis. But, guys, the biggest thing that's happened, I think, you want to break it all kind of down. Um, you know, this was a 2-1 and one football team that lost to the Patriots on Thursday night, 19-14. Uh, they had the ball, uh, you know, on the 18-yard line and threw one in the end zone. The game was over. Had some kicking issues at, at that juncture. And then Jameis Winston got hurt, and he got hurt in Arizona. They had a terrible first half, but nonetheless, uh, you know, Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick brought him back a little bit. They lost that game. It was out of hand when he, when he came in, down 24 to nothing. But I don't think Jameis Winston has been right. Uh, you know, he had one good half in, in Buffalo, and they should have probably won that game. But if you look at it, they're 0-4 since he got hurt. Uh, they've scored nine points in the first half combined of all those games. And I think when your quarterback is, is not sort of playing at the level that you need him to, it affects other parts of your game. But I think all of it sort of runs downhill, uh, you know, when that player is, is not the guy you need him to be. How does this offense change, not only with Fitz, but with the suspension of Mike Evans, assuming that's upheld? Well, that, that's a big loss. And, you know, and Jameis played the biggest role in that as well because, you know, he was out of the game last week uh, in New Orleans and, and got into an altercation, actually, you know, put his hands on one of the defensive backs, and that's all Mike Evans saw and came, came to defend his quarterback but did it in a, in a perverse way where he, you know, plowed into the back of him blindsided. And, so he's out, and that's not going to hurt. That's not going to help, rather, uh, Fitzpatrick. But, you know, Ryan Ryan will run the offense. He's very capable, and I, I think they have a lot of confidence in him from a team standpoint. But everyone else, and it might be a good thing for the Bucks because I think, you know, in some ways uh, this team fell prey to just sort of waiting for the quarterback to, you know, to make a play and get them out of first and 20 and get them out of, you know, uh, jams on defense and, and, and all those things. So, It'll look different, but then again, um, you know, there might, there might be some, some good to it as well. Does it become a more tight end-centric offense? Cameron Bray, extremely prolific as far as getting into the end zone. He was such a red zone force with Winston. And then O.J. Howard, a developing tight end. Do you think with Evans out of the lineup, maybe the focus goes a little bit uh, towards there and maybe more toward the middle of the field? I talked to somebody in Tampa earlier this week who said Deshaun Jackson is getting open. They just haven't got the ball to him. He easily could have a few long-scoring touchdowns this year. Unfortunately for him, his numbers just haven't been there. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, the tight ends, they, they have gone with a lot of, uh, of, of that type of personnel anyway. And I think you're right that, you know, Chris Godwin's going to step in, in uh, you know, for Mike Evans, and, and he's a capable uh, kid, second-round pick, that looked you know, great in training camp and whenever he's been called on. He's a big receiver himself, uh, not not as you know certainly as, as tall or as established as you know as Mike Evans, but um, you know they'll look for those matchups, and I think they'll have to use the tight ends too to help their left tackle. I mean, 
Donovan Smith, I don't know if he's going to play this game. He had never missed a snap until he had to come out of the game with a knee injury last week. That means Kevin Pample, who's a guard, will move over to left tackle. Um, you'll, you'll have a new guard. So sort of a, you know, Ryan is, is going to have to get the ball out of his hands quick. Um, that, that certainly plays into your theory about the tight ends. I think you'll see the running backs get more involved in the passing game at times. Um, but they, they will. He'll spread the ball around and, uh, you know, they, they've really tried to keep those two tight ends on the field as much as possible. And, uh, uh, you know, with the protection issues they may face, they'll probably do that again. On the defensive side of the ball, from where I sit, I know about Gerald McCoy. I think a lot of Jets fans know about McCoy. But who's an important piece of this Bucks defense? And just from your point of view, how do you think that this unit has performed in 2017 so far? Well, it's been up and down. I mean, they've been, uh, as uh, you know, Mike Smith has said, the defensive coordinator, like a yo-yo. I mean, they really have. They've, they've been uh, much better at home. Uh, they've not been very good at all on the road. Uh, now, some of that is, you know, uh, when, you're, when your offense is going three and out and you, you're constantly, you know, out there defending the whole field and maybe sometimes less than the whole field, that, that can make the, the numbers look a little skewed. But, um, look, they, they don't have anybody on the outside that's getting to the quarterback. Robert Ayers has had a couple sacks the last two weeks. Frankly, there were more quarterbacks pulling the ball down uh, in some kind of coverage situations. I don't know if Frank Grimes can play. If he can, that helps their pass rush because they'll have a guy that can lock into some receivers. Um, the biggest strength of this defense right now is their linebackers. And Quan Alexander is still trying to come back. Um, you know, he's, he's had a couple games coming off an injury. And then Levante David has played great for them. I mean, he missed some games early as well, but he's got four forced fumbles. And, and I really expect him to, to be a big, uh, you know, big part of any defense they put out there. Uh, Rick, early in the week, uh, what do you see as far as matchups potentially that the Jets might be able to exploit here Sunday? It's kind of interesting, I think, the matchup of the quarterbacks. Let's start there. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was a Jet, um, Josh McCown, who was a Buck, and both guys have combined to play for 15 different football teams, and those are the two that they actually sort of intersect in terms of franchises they play for. So, um, look, Josh McCown, I, I loved, you know, when he, when he was here, he's such a good guy, as is Fitzpatrick, but, you know, he's freakish athletically. He seems to be on a pretty good role. Um, you know, so I, I'm interested to see, you know, and then Austin Safarian Jenkins, a guy the Bucks are familiar with as well, a tight end. Um, you know, those are certainly, you know, a combination that's going to be to watch. But, but, but really, I think the Jets' defense is playing at such a high level. I mean, what they did to Buffalo was, was not a mirage, right? I mean, that defensive line got after some people. Um, the Bucks have played the Bills. They know how effective they are at running the ball. Tyrod Taylor can be a handful with his ability to extend plays. And, I really look for this Jets defense to, you know, to, to really sort of, you know, try to dominate that offensive line that, like I said, will be missing uh, Donovan Smith. And if the Bucks are unable, uh, you know, to, to, to get the running game going at all, whether they have to spread them out or whether they have to do, and maybe they have to throw it to create some running lanes, um, this is going to be a tough day. I mean, I, you know, early in the season you would have said this would be a game that, that the Bucks would be favored in, but – I really like the way the Jets are playing, and um, and I think they, they match up you know well for them against Tampa Bay. Lastly, Rick, what kind of performance do you expect from the Buccaneers? This team coming off a beatdown in New Orleans and sitting at this point halfway through their season, nowhere close to where they expected to be, do you expect them to come out with an inspired effort? 
I don't know. It's a great question. Um, I, I wish I had a better answer. I, I think that, the, you know, this is going to be a real tell for these guys because, you know, when you remove the carrot, I mean, it, it, you know, certainly if they had a one last week, even a three and four uh, with a win over the Saints, um, you know, uh, they, they could have probably seen a, a change of attitude and a chance maybe to get back in the division. Now that seems to be removed. So, I mean, really you're talking about, uh, you know, guys, you're going to find out who's going to fight. And um, I think that, you know, they have good leadership in the locker room. But, look, when you lose that many games in a row, you think they can't, you know, can't lose five in a row, they can't lose six in a row. Well, it, it happens that way. I watched the team lose ten in a row after four and two starts. So losing begets losing. And, and right now there's nothing – positive that has happened other than you know and this could be a mixed blessing they're at home and they played better at home um they couldn't play worse on the road but they played better at home and i think that you know there's a chance uh just a chance that knowing that you know ryan fitzpatrick is playing um that they're gonna have to play big in all three phases to help their quarterback which they should have been doing all along um they, they might actually have a decent game as a team, and that's what it's going to take for them. So uh, I'm looking forward to coming back to the Pirate Ship, uh, Rick. Thank you so much for your analysis, and uh, we'll continue to check out your coverage at the Tampa Times. All right, guys. Great having you. Look forward to seeing you again. Good stuff from Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Um, Greens, defensively, right now the Buccaneers are scuffling, but uh, the thing that Stroud said to us that stands out to me is Levante David is a guy to keep your eyes on Sunday afternoon. Before we wrap up here, EA, but you didn't do it last week. We had a short week. I didn't ask you. I switched up the question. What's EA's matchup this weekend? Uh, I would say it's going to be the Jets' defensive line against the Buccaneers' offensive line. Rick Stroud talked about it at length. This is a team dealing with injuries up front. They haven't been able to consistently get push. The Jets, every week, as you know, Greens, they say in the locker room, they want to make teams one-dimensional. Well, so far this season, Tampa's really been one-dimensional because they have not been able to get Doug Martin going from what I've seen and what the stats indicate. And if you make Ryan Fitzpatrick one-dimensional, even though he has weapons, it's going to be awfully difficult for this Buccaneers offense against the Jets' defense. And that's the one thing Rick Stroud pointed out, was that the matchup for the Jets' defense is extremely favorable. I'm going to switch the side of the ball here. I'm curious to see what happens for the Jets' ground game. Last week, 194 yards on the ground. Kelvin Beecham said should have been 200 or 250. So we'll see how they're able to execute against a defense this that is somewhat, isn't very good against the rush either. No, you're right. This is somewhat of a homecoming for Blaupa. It, it is. Lakeland, Florida, not too far away from Tampa. All right, there you have it. Maybe he runs wild this Sunday. Hopefully for him. Maybe. Here's a Randy Langstaff. Oh, I got to oh, throw God. this here in here before we get away. Uh, you know, our great contributor on NewYorkJets.com and many of our platforms, Randy Lang, said that with one more run of 50-plus yards, Bilal Powell will become the first New York Jet to have run for three 50-plus gains on the ground in one season. Right now he's got two. Will it happen Sunday? you got to stay tuned. Jets Bucks Week 10 in Florida. Again, the storylines are there. If you love storylines, there's Fitzpatrick playing against the Jets, McCown playing against his former team, ASJ playing against his former team, and my personal favorite, EA returns to the pirate ship. And there you have it, the Jets official podcast game preview. 
Eric Allen, Ethan Greenberg, Anthony Beck, Rick Stroud. We'll see you next week.